What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, September 11th. I cannot believe it's already September 11th. I remember where I was in 2001, and I just want to say, may we never forget September 11th, 2001. I've been reading all kinds of news articles all week or all day. I'm kind of a, I'm a history nerd, so I like reading about that kind of stuff. I want to start with this. Yesterday, I heard the most outlandish and outrageous comment. Yes, it's a comment that I hear quite often here in the Northwest, and I'm here to set the record straight. Many people say that Russell Wilson is overpaid. Yeah, they say he makes too much money, and that statement is absolutely absurd. Yesterday, when the Seahawks lost to the Green Bay Packers, that conversation started up again. So let me explain to you why Russell Wilson is worth every penny that he makes. I've been dealing with an issue in one of my classes. It's extremely aggravating, and it always makes me think of Russell Wilson. Do you guys know what a clicker is? This is a clicker. A clicker is a, it's a device that you buy for 50 bucks, and it allows you to answer questions in class. It's, it's a great little device. I like it. It works well. It does its job. One of my classes uses, instead of a clicker, a website called Top Hat. Top Hat does the same thing a clicker does. It allows you to answer questions in class. Now, the purpose of both Top Hat and the clicker are that you can prove that you were in class. If you can answer the question that was happening in class, it shows you were there. The question is simply for attendance. Like, for example, Friday, our professor asked us the question, who likes Disneyland? Yeah, yeah, that's the question. It's just for attendance. The purpose is to show that you were there. Now, Top Hat costs $30 a semester to use. So we have the clicker, which is 50 bucks, and Top Hat, which is $30. Well, once a lecture, my, lecture, my, cl- my professor that, has, that uses Top Hat will say, Top Hat question, 45 seconds, go. And you have 45 seconds to answer the Top Hat question. Now, knowing this, I sit there terrified the whole class. I'm, I have my laptop out. I'm ready to go. I'm scared. I know that I need to be ready. And here's why I'm terrified. Top Hat sucks. Top Hat is absolutely terrible. I have not once missed a lecture in this class. My attendance rate is 100%. Yet my attendance grade in that class is 25%. Even though I haven't missed class once, there's always an issue with Top Hat. Either the Wi-Fi doesn't work, or my laptop has an issue, or Top Hat, the website itself, has an issue. The program cost me $30 a semester, and it doesn't even work. It drives me nuts. It makes me so angry. Now, now my clicker, my clicker costs $50, and my clicker serves the same purpose, answering questions in class. The difference is the clicker works 100% of the time. My clicker is consistent and dependable. My attendance in my classes that use the clicker, 100%. It, it may have been $20 more for this clicker, but it was worth every penny. Quality of life is worth a little bit more money. Consistency brings quality of life. I look for consistency in every aspect of my life. You know, my, my friends, my transportation with my car, and yes, my NFL quarterbacks. Let's think about what Russell Wilson has done to the Seahawks franchise. Since Russell Wilson has come to Seattle, the Seahawks have not missed the playoffs. Year in 
and year out, the Seahawks are consistently competitive. And let's remember the year before Russell Wilson got there, they were 7-9 and with Tavares Jackson at quarterback. I don't need to look that up. I remember those days. They were rough. In fact, you could say Pete Carroll might have been fired. Pete Carroll was on the brink, and Russell Wilson saved Pete Carroll's coaching career. Those were dark times. I would pay $150 for a clicker. If I knew this clicker does what it does, if, if I knew I never had to use that terrible website, Top Hat, ever again, I would spend $150 for a clicker because the clicker works 100% of the time. It is consistent and dependable. For all of you guys saying that Russell Wilson is not worth big money, love it or hate it, Russell Wilson is worth big money. He's a PR machine. Do not forget what it's like to not have a quarterback. Don't forget that without a quarterback, your franchise is lost. And and don't forget again what a solid rock Russell Wilson has been for the franchise. He literally says the right thing every single time he opens his mouth. He's a PR machine. If you think Russell Wilson's overpaid, you need to take a look at your life. What do you value? What would your life be like if your car broke down all the time? Or the program you worked, you used never worked properly. Or your girlfriend always said inappropriate things that got you in hot water with your parents. Don't overlook consistency and reliability. And do not take Russell Wilson for granted. You Seahawks fans would miss Russell Wilson a ton if he was gone. You will pay whatever it takes, and you should pay whatever it takes, to get a guy like Russell Wilson. Because life for Seahawks fans is much better when you have Russell Wilson at quarterback. There's a reason I do not use a Bluetooth stereo in my car. I use an aux cord. The aux cord works 100% of the time. You plug it into one side, you plug it into the other side, and it always works. I never have connectability issues. I like consistency, and I like dependability, and Russell Wilson brings both, which is why Russell Wilson is absolutely worth every penny the Seahawks pay him. Now, the Seahawks had an opportunity to win the game this weekend. I want to address the refs. Many Seahawks fans are very angry about the officiating in the Seahawks game. I want to remind people of a saying my old high school coach used to tell us. If you leave the game in the ref's hands, you lost. You cannot blame poor officiating for a loss. The Seahawks had every opportunity to win that game. If you didn't play well enough and you left the game in a situation for the refs to make that call, that's your fault. That being said, I will, I will admit that call in the Seahawks game ejecting Jeremy Lane, that was terrible. There was, no, there was no punch. Jeremy Lane should not have been injected from the game. Absolutely 100% a missed call. I think the NFL even admitted today that was the wrong call. However, if the Seahawks had been up by two possessions, if, if they're up 42 to 20, that doesn't matter. That call would have made no difference. So the Seahawks fans need to take accountability for the loss. If you leave the game in the ref's hands, you lost. The Seahawks had every opportunity to win that game yesterday. It stinks. It's really too bad the refs got involved. I wish they just held on to the flag. I never drove. I've never driven home from a game thinking, oh man, I wish they'd thrown more flags. But guys, the Seahawks could had every opportunity to win that game. Do not blame the refs. Okay, last week on Thursday, Tom Brady and the Patriots got beat very badly at home. 
The Chiefs beat the Patriots 42 to 27. And naturally, I was upset. I, I love the Patriots. I love Tom Brady. I, I often root for the Patriots. Here's why I like the Patriots. The Patriots do not gloat. They're a really well-run organization. They're always smarter than you and me. The Patriots are always disciplined. The players are. And, and their franchise has an identity that I just love. In fact, they get rid of players before they, they don't get sentimental about things. The, the Patriots will get rid of players like, like uh, Wes Welker. The, the Patriots do not hold on to players too long. They get rid of Randy Moss. They get rid of guys before it's too late. They don't get sentimental. I love the identity of the New England Patriots. That's why I like them and why I like when they win. Well, last Thursday, the Patriots completely compromised their identity. You know, everyone knew a kid in middle school that was just an absolute jerk. Everyone knew this mean kid. He's kind of a bully. There was a kid I grew up playing with that I really didn't like. He was mean to me, and I didn't like him, and I didn't respect him. He talked a ton of trash. He was kind of like a punk. He was, he was an annoying kid. I, I just did not like him. Now, on the rare occasion, he would slow down. And he would try to act like a decent human being. And, and it didn't work. It was unnatural. I was like, dude, why are, you, why are you trying to be nice to me? We're not friends. What? Last week you made fun of my red sweatshirt and now you want to give me girl advice? <laughs> no. No, no way. Go away. Go back to being yourself. Go back to being your mean self that I don't like. This version of you isn't working. It's not natural to who you are. On Thursday, the Patriots compromised their identity. They gloated. Did you see the scoreboard before the game? It read 28-3, to throwing back to the Super Bowl when the Patriots came back at halftime. The Patriots are the least sentimental team in the NFL, and that is why I love them. No player is ever too good. They get rid of players before it's too late. But before the game against the Chiefs, the Patriots gloated. They got sentimental. They became arrogant in their pregame celebration. Those are not the reasons I like the Patriots. Last year's over, guys. Move on. The Patriots gave up everything I love about them and compromised their identity. And that is why they lost to the Chiefs. I was watching a team that was arrogant and did not think the Chiefs stood a chance. Now, the Chiefs did play very well. Alex Smith, the Chiefs quarterback, deserves all kinds of praise. He put on a clinic. I want to give Alex Smith credit. Well done, buddy. Alex Smith just beat the Patriots. Bravo. The Patriots will improve on defense. I'm not worried about that. And they didn't get absolutely torched. The Patriots made small, fixable mistakes, and they paid for them. So credit to Alex Smith for taking advantage of the deep, the mistakes the Patriots' defense made. Now, the Patriots' lack of a pass rusher is just a, a huge concern. I, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, it's clearly a big deal. Alex Smith was comfortable in the pocket all day. He had years to throw. He didn't have to worry one bit. Um, and, and I knew the Patriots' defensive line was a problem, but Thursday was alarming. However, in the loss to the Chiefs, I'm not shocked. I, I think the Chiefs are a very good team. I wasn't worried about the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are a, a good team that's going to do a lot of things in the AFC. I, I picked them to go 12-4. and four. Maybe 13-3. and three. They're a really, really good roster. They're one of the two best rosters in the league. The Chiefs are certainly a force to be reckoned with. So while I'm sad, I didn't think the Chiefs had the quarterback to beat the New England Patriots. 
the Chiefs sure proved me wrong. That's too bad. Um, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to watching the Patriots bounce back next week, clean up some of their mistakes. They have a lot of young guys. They were missing a wide receiver or two. Um, and I really think the Patriots will bounce back. However, another thought from the Patriots' loss was this. After the Patriots lost to the Chiefs, I read all over everywhere. Oh, no. It looks like Tom Brady's last season in the NFL. I said, uh, uh, uh what? Uh, did, did we watch the, the same game? I watched a great stand-up special on Saturday. Uh, a guy named Mark Maron on Netflix. And, and, and the beginning of it was kind of political. Uh, I'm sick of politics. But the second half, he told stories about watching the Rolling Stones live. Mark Maron on Netflix. Great, great comedy special. But he, he saw the Rolling Stones play live recently. And they're in their 70s. So he watched an old Rolling Stones. He mentioned that when the Stones lead singer Mick Jagger was 25... He could get away with anything. If at 25, Mick Jagger falls off the stage drunk, no one panics. He's a rock star. He's probably drunk. The guy's only 25. Let him have his fun. Well, if a drunk rock star at 70 falls off a stage, everything stops. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, no. Uh, this is it. Mick Jagger's career is over. He's too old for this. I feel awkward just being here. When people age, the conversation changes. Tom Brady is dealing with age the same way Mick Jagger's dealt with change. Dealt with age. After the loss to the Chiefs, people are already asking if this is it for Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? Jeez, relax. Tom Brady still has a lot of football in him. Yes, he's old, and, and the conversation has changed. It's no longer... What's next for the Patriots? It's, uh, how long will this last? But we will know when Tom Brady is done with the Patriots. The Patriots will tell us. Directly or indirectly, there will be a quote or an opinion that will tip us off. Once the Pats tip us off, that's when we know it'll be over. Until then, speculate all you want, but I find it really annoying. Like, are we going to have a retirement party for Tom Brady every time he doesn't throw eight touchdowns and seven million yards in a game? Everyone needs to relax. Tom Brady still has a ton of football left in him. Now, we have all kinds of natural disasters happening around here. I'm actually quite grateful. Um, the smoke from the fires in Montana has gone away. It's moved away from where I live. It's, it's finally clear. It doesn't look like Mordor anymore. Uh, thank goodness, right? That's great. Uh, but something really interesting was said in the NFL last week that really, it just riled me up. It made me angry. And I found a parallel between the fires in the Northwest and this comment in the NFL. I'm going to take a short break, grab some water. When I return, we will have a segment and we will have the best segment of the week. I can't wait. This is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to share this. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'll be right back. The Northwest is being decimated by fires right now. Currently, there's a huge burn in my hometown. Um, the areas I grew up hiking and grew up visiting when I was a child um, are, are currently, in fact, my favorite area in the, in the world is a place called Eagle Creek, Oregon. It is being burned to a crisp. And, and if you look at pictures, again, it looks like, Lord, like, you know that scene in Lord of the Rings with all the volcanoes and fire everywhere? Yeah, it looks like Mordor. It's, it's not good. Um, by the way, in Portland, people love hiking. Uh, that's like the thing in Portland. It's weird clothes, good food, and hiking. Everyone's like religious about hiking. 
Now, according to reports, the fire that was caused, the, the, the fire that's happening in Portland that's burning down all our, our, our favorite hiking spots was caused by a 15-year-old boy with a firework. Yeah, he threw a firework in the woods in the middle of summer. The point of this is that now that 15-year-old kid will have to deal with the consequences of his actions. Last weekend, my favorite quarterback in the entire NFL had a genius quote. Cam Newton said that it is unfair for Colin Kaepernick to not be in the NFL right now. By the way, Cam Newton is not my favorite quarterback in the NFL, and he's not a genius. Um, I repeat that Cam Newton is... Cam Newton said that it is unfair for Colin Kaepernick to not have a job in the NFL. First off, seriously, Cam? I wonder if Cam Newton will do anything I ever approve of. But the word unfair? It is, it's unfair for a guy not to have a job? You're telling me, Cam Newton, you don't think Colin Kaepernick has done anything to warrant being unemployed? Uh, okay. Well, let's give the 15-year-old the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this kid didn't realize that throwing a firework in the forest in the middle of summer when it doesn't rain, maybe he didn't realize, uh, that's a bad idea. Maybe this will burn everything down. Uh, Maybe he didn't realize the consequences of his actions. I don't think Colin Kaepernick realized the consequences of his actions when he made the choices he made. In fact, I'm, I'm sure that if that 15-year-old kid had a do-over, he, he would probably leave the firework at home, right? He probably wouldn't want to burn down the woods. Uh, the problem is the world doesn't work like that. There are consequences for our decisions. The first decision Colin Kaepernick made was kneeling. Uh, and honestly, I didn't think much of it. I, I, I wouldn't kneel during the national anthem. It's not something I would do. I, I just don't think it lands well. I don't think it's a... I think it's really easy for your message to be lost and all the crossfire and confusion, but I do believe that kneeling was well-intentioned. In fact, plenty of other athletes currently in the NFL are kneeling, and it's not a big deal. Everyone's doing it now, and it's fine. Um, But Colin has made other bad decisions. Colin Kaepernick has done other things. Uh, I shouldn't make fun of his hair, um, saying that it reminds me of a microphone. might not land well, (laughs) so I'm not going to make that joke. (laughs) But um, No, in all seriousness, Colin Kaepernick hasn't tweeted about football in two years. And, and I don't have a single quote or a soundbite or anything. I, it doesn't seem like Colin Kaepernick wants to play football. Colin Kaepernick is an activist, not a football player. Like, like seriously, trust me, go check his Twitter. Two years. And, and I love activism. I support it from, from afar. See, um, activists stir the pot. And with good intentions, their motives are great. I, 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 NFL owners do not want you to stir the pot. Especially, especially if you're a quarterback, don't cause issues. Don't cause problems. I do not believe Colin Kaepernick realizes how his actions are being perceived. See, life is often about perception. It doesn't matter what you mean to say. If you are perceived in the wrong light, that becomes reality for the person who is confusing the message. The perception of Colin Kaepernick is that he doesn't care about football. Honestly, I just want to hear the guy say, 
I want to play football. Why is there no soundbite? Why is there no clip of him saying, I just really want to play football? Please, please, Colin Kaepernick, just tweet. Hashtag training, hashtag working out, something, anything. You don't have to break up with the activism girl, who, who by the way, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is probably ruining, ruining his NFL career. You know, actually, that's not true. Colin Kaepernick is ruining Colin Kaepernick's own career. You know, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend did tweet about the Ravens owner. Um, the Ravens were the only team that appeared to actually want to sign Colin Kaepernick. Now, Colin Kaepernick's social justice warrior girlfriend tweeted a picture comparing the Ravens owner to a slave owner. Gosh, come on, man. Come on, Colin. Dude, like, imagine I finally, imagine you finally get your dream job or you, or I finally get the chance at radio. Like I finally get an interview with a, a job at radio. It's like my dream job. And my girlfriend insults the guy who wants to hire me. I would drop that girl so fast. Clearly, you don't care about me that much. Um, Colin Kaepernick is making him. Colin Kaepernick is making decisions that are costing him his own career. There's nothing unfair about it. That word "unfair" is ridiculous. Saying it's unfair, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. First off, he kneeled. Uh, something that was workable. Like, we could have worked around the kneeling, right? I wouldn't do it, but it's not the end of the world. <clears throat> But then you don't talk about football for two years. No, no tweets, no sound bites, nothing. Colin Kaepernick has lost a ton of weight. He played poorly when he did play. And you're causing distractions in the eyes of NFL owners. Similar to the kid who started the fire in Portland, similar to that kid, I don't think Colin Kaepernick realizes there are consequences to your actions. You know, my younger brother, Zane, was always smarter than me. He once told me that school was not about getting the right answer. No, no, school is about providing the answer your teacher wants. Colin, there are things NFL owners want you to do before they sign you. And 95% of that is just saying you want to play football. Learn a lesson from my brother, Zane. If you want a job... Give the people what they want. Give the NFL owners what they want. Just comply. Follow the rules for once. <sighs> okay. Let's shift to a lighter mood. <laughs> I have six things I want to highlight and point out from week one of the NFL. First, in week one, the Cowboys and the Eagles both looked really good. Both of their quarterbacks are going into their sophomore seasons and both absolutely lit it up this weekend. I believe Carson Wentz, the Eagles quarterback, is, is more talented than Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback. But this is going to be a fantastic rivalry for years to come. Call, Carson Wentz just looks, oh, oh man, he looks like a monster. He looks like what Andrew Luck should look like if Andrew Luck had anyone around him. I am so excited. for th This, this Cowboys-Eagles thing is going to be good for years to come, and I can't wait to watch them play this year. I have the Eagles. Um, edging out the Cowboys and, and winning the division in Week 17. Uh, but I, I think both teams are playoff teams. Eagles-Cowboys game is going to be really special this weekend. And by the way, I was shocked. The Giants mm, the Giants looked really bad. I, I actually had the Giants making the playoffs. I, it's Week 1. It's way too early to tell. But if they keep playing like that, they're, they're, they're not getting a wild card spot. Second, another team that really might not make the wild card, Annie Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. Got absolutely waxed 
by the Ravens. 20 to nothing. And honestly, 20 to nothing is like, that's like the nice way of putting it. Because it was, it felt way worse than 20 to nothing. Andy Dalton, the Bengals quarterback, had four. Not one, not two, not three. Four interceptions and a fumble. You know, I picked the Bengals to go 11 and five this year and get the wild card spot. And again, it's way too early to tell. Uh, but that that performance was not an encouraging look, for my opinion. The Bengals look all sorts of dysfunctional. You know, I, I thought they're new offensive weapons. They have new receivers. They have some really good running backs. And I thought plus that, plus an experienced Andy Dalton, was going to translate to a better team and put them over the top. Uh, it, it, it's still too early to tell, but uh, I am scared. I, I do not like what I saw. Yesterday, Andy Dalton's performance was alarming, to say the least. Uh, the Bengals look awful. This weekend, uh, another surprise, the Texans got smoked by the Jaguars. And man, I did not expect this. The Texans' offensive line was completely invisible. The, the Texans' offensive line might as well not have even showed up. I, I do expect the Texans to have a poor season, but I do have a talented roster. I was like, man, this team is they're a good roster. I thought they would at least take care of business against the Jaguars. And they lost by, like, I think it was like 29 to 7. They didn't just lose. They got blown out. It was, it was ugly, and it was bad, and it was awful. Uh, and, you know, I thought it would be at least week 8, like the bye week, before the Texans played their rookie quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Last yesterday at halftime, they made the move and just put him in, and, and he actually played better than Tom Savage. Now, part of the reason was not really because of making better reads. He just had the ability to run. So when the pass rush got there, you know, Deshaun Watson was able to run away from the pass rush. So I actually believe, even though I think Tom Savage is currently the better quarterback, Deshaun Watson is the right quarterback for the Texans because he can run. He, he he's mobile. He can alleviate some of the damage that the poor offensive line brings. He can take care of business where Tom Savage is going to get sacked and sacked and fumble and just, it's, it's ugly. So at least Deshaun Watson would give you a chance to move the ball. Oh man, you guys said Matthew Stafford was not worth the money. <laughs> Y'all were wrong. Matthew Stafford beat the Cardinals 35 to, 35 to 23. The, the Lions, man, Matthew Stafford has put the Lions on his back. He carries that franchise. I I told you guys, you need a quarterback to win it, and Matthew Stafford is absolutely worth the money. Matthew Stafford has 26 fourth quarter comebacks since 2009. Now, he's he's like fourth on the list of active players, but most of those guys have been playing since 2001, so I, I believe Matthew Stafford might be the leader in the time period since he's been in the league. He added another one this weekend. Matthew Stafford played on fire. He had four touchdowns, carried the Lions to a victory from behind. It is clear Matthew Stafford is worth every penny. The Rams, oh, the Rams smashed the Colts 46 to 9. I believe I believe it's 46 to 9. It might have been 46 to 3. Jared Goff, the Rams quarterback played great. Jared Goff looked fantastic, and this was a huge win for him. To get the start like that against the Colts, to you know, get hit the ground running and have some success early on, that's awesome. And, and I think that Jared Goff looks great. We'll address more on Wednesday how I think he's going to look the rest of the year. But we cannot forget, you know, this was half that Jared Goff looks really good. Finally, I think he's getting good coaching. But the other half was that, you know, 
the Jets and the Colts are competing back and forth to be the worst two teams in football. And honestly, the Jets looked better than the Colts. The Colts are, oh man, the Colts are atrocious. The Colts are such a bad team. Um, so we cannot forget that while Jared Goff was successful, the Colts are just terrible. And Chuck Pagano, after the game, the Colts coach Chuck Pagano said, congratulations to the 49ers. Dude, you didn't play the 49ers. You played the Rams. <laughs> I like Chuck Pagano. He seems like a nice guy. And it was great. He's got a good story. He beat cancer. Uh, but I think this is his last year in Indianapolis. It, it is well past time, but the cancer you know, earned him a couple more years. Chuck Pagano era, it, it's coming to an end in Indianapolis. And the Colts are atrocious. Finally, <clears throat> before we go to break, the Browns played the Steelers quite well. The Steelers beat the Browns 21-18. to And Deshaun Kaiser made a ton of mistakes. You know, the Browns gave up a, a punt block for a touchdown. But I, I do think Cleveland should be encouraged. The Browns played the Steelers really well. And without shooting themselves in the foot, they might have even won the game. I think the Browns are actually have hope for the first time in the— the entire life, like the entire time I've been alive, the Browns finally have hope, and I, I think that's exciting. I, I really would have hope if you're if you watched that game yesterday in Cleveland. You're like, oh, we are not that bad. If we can clean up some of our mistakes, we might be able to win some games. So that's really really cool and exciting for fans in Cleveland. I have to apologize to everyone. I I'm going to take a short break, when, but when I return, I let everyone down. There there's one team that's an absolute fraud. In college football and, and I've known for weeks and, and I failed to share with you guys and I'm really sorry. So my name is Zach Schalmer. This is Strong Opinion Sports. That college football story when I return. As many of you guys may know, I attend Washington State University. I go to school there. I, I love it. I, I love football there. I'm a big Kook fan. Um, and this weekend I attended a crazy college football game. I watched Washington State University win in triple overtime against Boise State. Uh, it, it was exciting and fun to watch. And, and I had quite a few takeaways from this game. But first, I must apologize to everyone watching. Part of my job is to call it like I see it. Regardless of whether I like what I see or not, if I notice something it is going unchecked or if expectations are running wild, I need to share what I observe and keep things in check. Kind of like a watchdog mentality. I have failed to do that. I, I've let you guys down. I'm so sorry. For the last couple of weeks, I've observed a ton of Washington State football, practices, scrimmages, games. I've been around the program for now for about a month now, and I've noticed something alarming and concerning a while ago, but I didn't share that. It's very simple. I'm not going to ruin my credibility with the team, but Washington State is not a top 25 team. I don't like saying that. That's, that stinks. I'm a fan of them. And, and I expect pushback. I expect, you know, in fact, here, look. You know, I have, I have a poster. I love, I, I have a poster. I love WSU. This is my favorite team in, in the world. Uh, but I just, here's what I've observed. We'll start with this weekend. Washington State nearly lost to Boise State, a Mountain West team. Washington State nearly lost to Boise State's backup quarterback. Uh, that's, that's no good. Let that sink in. A team that is supposed to win the Pac-12 North, Washington State, nearly lost to a Mountain West team. That's a conference with New Mexico in it. The New Mexico Lobos. When's the last time you heard of their football team? Let's play a game called the bicep game. Observe the biceps of an athlete at USC and at Stanford. 
Then look at the guys on Boise State's team. Uh, yeah, they're small. Boise State is tiny. They're physically very underwhelming. Yet on third and goal, from the half-yard line, Washington State threw the ball. Are you afraid you can't win the battle at the line of scrimmage? What's going on there? Against the Mountain West team? God help us when Stanford comes into town. Oh my goodness. Yes. This season, I've heard everyone at Washington State talk about, this is our year. And then everyone follows it up with, it's Luke Falk's senior year. Yes, Luke Falk is our senior quarterback. He's been around for a number of seasons. He holds virtually every record at Washington State University. And we assume that just because Luke Falk is going into his senior year, our quarterback, it's supposed to be his most experienced, best year in college football. We act as if that suddenly means we will win the Pac-12. Yes, Washington State's quarterback, Luke Falk, is poised to play the best year of his career, supposedly, if he doesn't get hurt. Um, But physically, WSU isn't that good. Having a senior quarterback doesn't automatically qualify you to compete for the Pac-12 North. In fact, it doesn't even qualify you to win a ton of games. Yes, you just you hope that your talented roster lines up with your quarterback being experienced and well off. But WSU lacks a dominant wide receiver. And simply up front, physically, they're not that good. They got dominated in the trenches at times by Boise State, a Mountain West team. How are you going to win a bowl game when you can't beat Boise State? You know, actually, I played, I played quarterback in high school and assistant that threw the ball quite a bit. And I, I even have a few records in my high school. And I don't want this to be confused. I was a small quarterback with a weak arm. I, 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 mm, I'm not trying to compare myself. But in practice and scrimmages, our starting offense dominated, right? We completed a ton of passes. We were in rhythm. My point is, I've been around WSU's program for quite a while, and I have not seen Luke Falk dominate at any level. I've been completely underwhelmed. And as a footnote, I want to point out that Luke Falk threw a terrible interception in the red zone this weekend. Like, I watched Boise State completely blow the coverage on the right side of the field and leave a guy wide open in the end zone. And I watched Luke Falk look at him and then come to the other side and throw a pick, throw an interception in the red zone. <sighs> I, I, I love Luke Falk. Don't get me wrong. The dude's a walk-on. He's earned everything he's achieved. Luke Falk has done amazing things for WSU. I love the guy. His work ethic is obvious. And his that alone exceeds expectations. He's, he's a captain. He's a leader of the team. He's awesome. But the lack of a top wide receiver is going to really affect WSU this season. They're, they're not physical up front. And I, I hate to raid on the parade, but we need to slow down. Us Washington State fans need to have some perspective. We almost lost to a Mountain West school with their backup quarterback. And we couldn't punch it in from the one-yard line. WSU is a fraud. They haven't done anything to deserve a spot in the top 25. I can't believe they're still in the top 25. It drives, it, it's crazy. I like it. It's cool. It feels good. I'm a fan of them. I hope they continue to stay there. Uh, but honestly, I don't think they belong there. And I, I hate saying that. Again, I have a poster. I have a shirt. I love WSU. But I think the whole fan base has gotten a bit ahead of itself. WSU fans need to temper our expectations. I should have shared this perspective earlier. I'm so sorry I did not. Washington State is not a top 25 school. 
I will admit, I was really impressed with Washington State's backup, Tyler Holinsky. At first, I was biting my nails and you know, very scared every time he would throw the ball. Uh, but when Luke Clark went out with an injury, Tyler Holinsky really stepped up, and I thought that was fantastic. That was great. Um, I didn't think he had it in him, but he threw three touchdowns, 240 yards. It was impressive. I observed another interesting phenomenon at the Washington State-Boise State game this weekend. Brett Rippon has been Boise State's quarterback since 2015, the fall of 2015. The guy's my age. In fact, him and I, we competed at many of the same camps my senior year. He's, he's a fine kid. He's a fine quarterback. Now, I, uh, <clears throat> I have a belief. You either are a leader or you aren't. You, you can certainly improve as a leader if you are one, and you can refine your leadership skills. But if you're not a leader, you're not a leader. A leader is who you are. For the most part, you are or you aren't. Brett was never very vocal. He was a very respectful kid. He goes about his business. He, he never said much and he did a good job. That's fantastic if you're an accountant. Uh, and, and I kind of always assumed that, you know, he was just doing that because you know, maybe he's, at, he's this way at camps. He's not with his team. He's by himself. Um, it's an individual camp. Um, but then why are so many other guys more vocal and why are other guys more encouraging? Brett was just another tall kid that could throw. We, we all knew who he was because he had an offer and that uncle who played in the NFL, but otherwise in the off season, Brett Rippon was just another guy at those camps who made a lot of throws. You either are a leader or you aren't. Um, it's not something you hide or suppress from one setting to another. You just, you do it. And at the camps I went to with Brett, Brett Rippon was more of a wallflower than a leader. This weekend, I watched something that was free on display for everyone at the stadium to watch. It was nothing special. It was very small and subtle. But I watched the way Brett Rippon and his backup, Cozart, interacted with teammates. It it was very clear that Brett Rippon is more the cerebral guy. He means well. He's a good guy. He's a nice kid. And no one appeared to dislike the guy. I don't mean to rip him. But when you watch the backup warm up, he had four receivers around him. He had guys joking with him. He had, he had people that were talking to him and clearly liked him, patting him on the shoulder, supporting him, being present with him. I'm talking about the backup, not Brett Rippon. The backup quarterback had this. The backup quarterback had the support of the team. And it was alarming because as a Boise State fan, if you are a Boise State fan, it was clear to me that Boise State's team seems more to, behind the backup, Cozart, than Brett Rippon himself. You know, you know, Brett and Cozart, the backup. Cozart's the backup who transferred from Kansas this offseason, and they've been battling for quite a while. And, and sadly for Brett Rippon, what I observed is Cozart, the backup, has the more support from the Boise State players than Brett Rippon himself does. The backup has more support. They like him more. I expect a ton of flack for everything I just said. I think people will be pissed off and rip me. But I do want to point out that if I was in a quarterback battle, You would not catch me on the sideline, no matter what. I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened. You will never see me leave the field. Um, We've seen this many times in the NFL. If you get hurt, you most certainly can lose your job. You can and you probably will lose your job. If you leave the field, you have every opportunity. Brett Rippon got hurt this weekend. And regardless of how he feels for next week's game, I'm pretty sure Brett Rippon just lost his starting spot. 
My name is Zach Schallner. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please go like the Strong Opinion Sports Facebook page. That would be a huge help. Tell your friends about the show. I'm trying to grow this show. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day, everybody.